Hi everybody, Johnny Mays here. Welcome to the podcast. Good to have you aboard today. It's exciting to be alive. It's exciting to be serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as I was sitting here this morning having my coffee, two words came to my mind. (laughs) I quit. I quit. How many of you ever said those two words in your lifetime? I quit. I mean, think about that for just a moment. How hard is it to hold on when you feel like you just want to give up? How do you gain the strength to persevere? Because I can tell you right now, and I I really do believe this, if we're all honest, we've all at some point in our life felt like just giving up, felt like quitting. You felt like every situation sometimes, there's just nothing left of it. It's hopeless. About the only thing you can possibly do to help it is to leave. I mean, just walk away, head out the door, and never come back. In extreme circumstances, people can feel so much emotional pain they can now listen that they take their own lives. I don't know that you've ever considered suicide, but the real reason people commit suicide isn't the pain, it's the loss of hope. The scripture says when hope is deferred or when hope is gone, it makes the heart sick. When you have that sense that there's no escape, there's no way to resolve your problems. When you have the conviction that things are never going to get better. The only thing they can feel is just finishing it all, ending it all. I thought about Job, Job chapter 6. Here's how Job felt. Job said, oh, that I might have my request that God would grant what I hope for, that God would be willing to crush me, to let loose his hand and cut me off. What strength do I have, said Job, that I should still hope? What prospects that I should be patient? Do I have the strength of stone? Is my flesh bronze? Do I have any power to help myself now that success has been driven from me? My body, he said, is clothed with worms and scabs. My skin is broken and festering. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, and they come to an end without hope. Remember, O God, that my life is but a breath. My eyes will never see happiness again. How sadly the reading of that word is to know that a man felt that everything was impossible. Job knew what it was to feel despair. He knew what it was to lose hope. He knew what it was to look into the future and see only darkness. He felt that even death would be preferable to what he was experiencing. Now, I know you might ask me, Brother Johnny, what relevance does Job's struggle have with me? Why should I care how he felt when God took away everything he cared about? 
his family, his wealth, his reputation, his health. And the reason I can say there is a reason why is because the temptation to give up, to lose hope, to despair is not just common to an individual. It, it is a universal problem. Today, there's a wife who's ready to give up on her husband and her marriage. After 50 years or 60 years or 40 years or 30 years of marriage, rather than trying to make it better, they're just ready to walk away or live estranged from it. It's the parents who are ready to give up trying to guide their children, their rebellious teenage son or daughter. It's the daughter who has tried over and over again to please her parents without success and is about ready to completely write off their relationship. It's that pregnant teenager who can't see any way out but to have an abortion. It's the fed-up employee who wants to honor God with his work but it's about this far from telling off the boss and walking out the door. It's the victim of cancer or heart disease who's tired of fighting the illness and thinking of taking their own life. You see, my friends, the common denominator is a feeling that the situation is hopeless, that things aren't going to get better. And when that happens, the temptation is to give up. It's to quit. I'm done. I'm finished. It's over. So sometimes giving up takes the dramatic form of even suicide or a divorce. A worker who takes a gun to work with deadly results. But more often it takes the form of what Thoreau called quiet desperation. People going through the motions of a marriage or a job. People maintaining the pretense of relationship with their children or their parents, but who have really given up. They become detached emotionally. They've stopped working. They've stopped fighting. They've stopped caring. And by the way, all of us have faced this temptation at some time or another when it seems pointless to keep trying. And it wouldn't surprise me to say, in fact, it's more probable for me to say that some of you are facing it right now. And you may be hiding it very well, so much so that the rest of us would never suspect the struggle that's taking place in your heart. But listen, there's an area of your life where you're considering just giving up and walking away, regardless of what I say, regardless of what your pastor says, regardless of what your friends tell you, regardless of what God says or the Bible says. I've actually had people tell me, I don't care what the Bible says, I know what I feel. And the question for us today as Christians is how do we keep holding on when we feel like giving up? How do we find the strength to persevere, to go on? Where does the power come from to keep on keeping on? Well, it begins with, before you throw in the towel, <laughs> trusting in God. Trusting in God's sovereignty. Now, you may find this difficult to accept, but God is in control. He's in control no matter how hopeless, no matter how painful, no matter how unpleasant or how discouraging your circumstances are. He has a purpose for them. 
There's a purpose for them. And that purpose does not involve giving up. It does not involve despair. It does not involve abandoning your faith. It does not involve panicking. This struggle that you're going through, it has a meaning and it has a purpose. Why? Because God is sovereign and he does everything for a reason. He doesn't make mistakes. He isn't surprised by what has happened to you. Now, maybe I should put it another way because I think you're finding this hard to accept, but you are where you are right now because that's where God wants you right now. Your circumstances are a part of his plan for your life. It's not an accident. It's not an unhappy coincidence. It's not bad luck. It's not bad karma. It's not just a result of your decisions or your husband's decisions or your parents' decisions or your boss's decisions or any other human being's decisions. It's a result of a loving and all-wise God working your life to accomplish his good purposes, even when those purposes don't seem loving or good to us. Remember Job? About the 42nd chapter when Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that for Christians, despair is not an option. Despair is for people who live in random, capricious universe where bad things just happen for no reason. Despair is for people who live at the mercy of cosmic forces that are at best indifferent to them and at worst mal violent or malvolent to them. Despair is for people who live in a universe in which there is no God or in which God is only a spectator. Despair is for people who live in a world that doesn't make sense, where no one and nothing is in control. That's not you. That's not a Christian. Despair is not for Christians. Christians who live under the constant care of a loving father, the constant watchful eye of a loving father. So let's get specific here. Perhaps your husband is a jerk. Maybe he's even a non-Christian jerk. He's let you down. He doesn't love you the way you long to be loved. He's selfish. He's insensitive. He's lazy. He's a disappointment on so many levels that you can't even begin to tell me. Will he change? Well, honestly, I don't know. But I do know this. Whether or not he changes, God has a purpose for you in that marriage. It's a good purpose. It's a wise purpose. It's a purpose that honors God. It's a purpose that can bring you joy. If you will trust God and follow him, even in your circumstances, don't change, even if your husband is a jerk. First Peter said, For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Listen, friends. God has not abandoned you. God has not stopped caring. So, 
here we are. We've got to learn, my friends, how to trust in God's power. Because we become hopeless when we can see no escape from our situation. Are you listening to Brother Johnny today? I want you to hear me loud and clear. I want you to hear me loud and clear. I like that little song that came out not too long ago. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me, for you and me. <laughs> he will be my guide, hold me closely to his side. He will make a way. See, God specializes in bringing life back to things. Amen. He specializes in creating new feelings and attitudes out of nothing. And God can transform people and situations. So when you place your hope in Christ, when you place your trust in Christ, because listen, our true hope is the Lord Jesus. Our true hope is in the forgiveness of sins and eternal life that comes from faith in Christ Jesus. And that should, in my mind, put everything into perspective. So what is this result of placing God's trust and hope and joy and peace? Yes, that's what it is. The result is hope, joy, and peace. So listen to me, my friends. Listen to me carefully. I like what Peter says. I want to close with this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And unto an inheritance that can never perish, can never spoil, can never fade. It's reserved, it's kept in heaven for you. Today, believe God. Belay, today, trust in the Lord. And see that he shall bring to pass all that you have need for. I know it looks desperate today. Oh, I do know that. I've, I've been in that barrel. I've served my time in that barrel. And so I know that feeling. And I'm not immune to having those feelings again and again. But one thing I know, if God's grace is sufficient, and it is, that when those times come, God will show himself strong. God will be there for you. He'll be there with you. You can trust in the Lord, my friend. Have hope in God. Have hope in Christ. Be not dismayed. Be not dismayed. God bless you. Share this podcast with your friends and family. And listen, tell them I love you and Jesus loves you. Amen.